0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathart.
1: ...has already been finalized by the school board. Well, the judge ultimately ruled the district broke the law by not allowing Basie to file.
2: Columbia Public School District broke the law. Pow. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Somebody had a good day yesterday.
2: (laughs) I hate that, man. That you take such joy in people's losses. But that's a good loss that the Columbia Public School District deserves for several reasons. We'll explain why. Welcome to the show. Wake up mid-Missouri. Chuck Basie, by the way, he's here at 710. There's Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Mr. Brian Howsworthy is here. It's good to see you. Good to see you, man. John Marsh is there. Yes, sir. There's oh. producer Anna. Good morning. My name is Brandon Rath at 874-9398. 874 9390 Marissa Hollowed there. You heard her from ABC 17. Judge said cps broke the law and my question your honor is columbia public school district are they stupid or arrogant
1: or they just dug their heels in and wanted to fight yeah both the they're arrogance. both
2: yeah yeah because i would think if they had a decent attorney an attorney would have said would have went yeah. to to people like uh yearwood and the jaws there at cps and said hey listen there's state law you can't usurp state law i would think a good attorney would have Would have done that.
1: We've had this discussion a couple of times, and I think you know my law partner Mark Ellinger happened to be on the show the day this all happened, and he said, "Yeah, I don't like this. Seems pretty open and shut." And I think last week you all said, "Oh, I think this is pretty interesting," and I said, "Nope, not interesting. I I don't see any path forward for a win for CPS. Like it just, I don't think they can do this." And and I think ultimately what the court said yesterday is, "You're not allowed to play a game of gotcha." Do you remember that that weird test your teacher used to give you with the instructions that would say like. Like, hey, you don't have to answer all the questions just as long as you read the instructions and answer the first question and then go turn it in like you get all the points. Like Columbia was trying to play a game of gotcha. We're going to put all these restrictions on and and we're going to, you know, get Chuck Basie because we don't like him. And it's just it's the statute says what it says. You have to follow the statute. Columbia. Public schools can't change the state statute, and they got called out on it.
2: And that's what made it interesting uh, on several levels was the school district going, no, uh, no, a good attorney would have said, hey, listen, you've got nothing here. The other thing that made it interesting, you had a former state rep who sat on the education committee, very powerful oh, position the in the house running, uh, and then the school board. Now, the most interesting part, you have a judge saying, you broke the law. And by the way, in my opinion, they've broken the law for several reasons. But this is the only one I think that a judge has said they've broken the law. And he,
0: he made it very clear that he, they violated the statute. But, Stephanie, to your point, I stand by what I said last week about it being interesting. It was, I was there. I, I sat through it. It was a two-hour trial. And to Brandon's point about CPS's attorney, Horschmeier, she stood up at the end of the trial. She stood up and said, Your Honor, What? what, Because he also said your policy, your policy violates state statute. She said, Your Honor, what policy are you referring to? The judge looked frustrated. He said, I've issued my ruling. We're done here. Basically, is is what he said. So, but bottom line, bottom line guys, what I'm not sure about, and we'll have Basie on again at seven ten because I talked to him right right outside the courthouse and in the courtroom yesterday. The judge has given the uh, plaintiff, uh, Brent Hayden, who's Basie's attorney, till five today to file a judgment. But uh, we don't know if they're going to appeal because Michelle Baumstark's statement doesn't say anything about about an appeal. And Basie, it looks like he'll be on the ballot, but it's not. They didn't come out and say that, but it looks really good. But there's also the possibility of an appeal. And
2: the other thing, so then Brianna Lennon, the Boone County clerk, who we've enjoyed a very healthy professional relationship mm-hmm. with Brianna Lennon over the years, she wanted the judge changed. So I think yes. that was a play. Let's try to get the answer we want. So when we talk conspiracy theories and and i'm not saying this is a conspiracy i'm not saying brianna and the jaws for the school district and yearwood and these folks got together and said hey listen here's how we're going to play it out and brianna if this doesn't work you ask for a different judge maybe there it's that mindset let's do whatever we can to break the rules as a judge now said you didn't just break the law or break. Really, you, you you broke the law. What was it like in the courtroom yesterday?
0: Oh, it was um, it was a lot of people in there. Uh, former, uh, obviously, the former state representative Chuck Basie, was at the plaintiff table with Brent Hayden. There's a second attorney, and I I didn't catch his name. Horshmeyer was there. Then you have all the interveners. Uh, Charles dykehouse who's the uh, the lawyer for the uh, the county, he was there. There was another person that was on video. Pack courtroom and then right to my left. I mean, a lot of reporters there, but Brianna Lennon was sitting right to my left, one of her aides as well. And she's and an attorney herself, right, she, Brian? Yeah, she's an attorney. She did not speak. But I did check with Brianna as I was leaving, and I, 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 I made sure I was understanding the ruling correctly, and she said, yes, that's how she interpreted it as well, So the, how we've described it. But we still, this judgment by 5 o'clock today to me is going to be interesting but it looks like he's going to be. But right now, Chuck Basie can't even participate in forums for the school board even now because he's still technically not on the ballot right now.
2: And they already had a forum uh, last week, as a matter of fact. and One of the big topics of conversation was the whole drag show thing where they took little kids to see the drag show. But the biggest thing that the candidates, from what I understand, in, in reporting by the Missourian was uh, pretty much the candidates without fail. As a matter of fact, Steve Spellman, who does a lot of opinion mm-hmm. pieces for the Missourians, is going to be here tomorrow as a guest co-host. Uh, he was there. The biggest issue was even the candidates were saying, yeah, your communication, it's been bad. It's detrimental to little kids. You got it. Frankly, Dr. Yearwood has to go for the benefit of the kids and of the community. He needs to resign. And I hope the parents don't quit pushing that.
1: But if they would have just let him on the ballot and he just would have participated in the forum, I mean, he has gotten such incredible press and Columbia public schools has gotten such terrible press over the last three weeks. I mean, this could not have gone better for Chuck Basie and, and they, you know, Columbia Public Schools is just known for kind of shooting themselves in the foot. If they just would have let him on and he would have participated... No one would have like been paying attention hardly. I well,
2: why didn't they why didn't they pay a little more attention to what uh, Jay Ashcroft told us on the air when he said, you know, <laughs> he, whatever they, their policy is, it can't conflict with state
3: law, I think was the quote, right, Brian? That's
0: exactly right. And to this to this point, um Stephanie, John and Brandon, and this this again gets back to CPS kinda of digging in. Natalie Ann Horschmeyer stood up at the end of that trial uh yesterday and she said there is nothing in the state statute that requires us to be open on the last day of filing. She said that in open court.
1: And this goes back to, I mean, but the secretary says, hey, you know what, the statute says the initiative petition deadline, it usually falls on a Sunday. And guess what, I haul all the state workers in and I'm there and I've been there multiple years and we all show up on a Sunday because that's what the statute says the last day is. And it doesn't give you any authority to say, guess what, I'm gonna change the deadline.
2: The one who said that, is she an attorney? Yes. Like a real attorney? Yeah, she, she says there's nothing. Here's my my thing. I have a bar stool knowledge of politics and the inner workings of election laws. But I think I know if you have a state law. Not as yeah. an attorney, I wouldn't get up in a courtroom, John, and go, "Well, which what? What, what are you 5 talking Five p.m. About? on December twenty seventh. Well, and I here's and.
1: And, you know, lawyers get into like, well, where do you draw the line? Well, okay, you have a rule that says, you know, you have to get an appointment two weeks ahead of time, you know, on Tuesday. uh, You know, and if your first name starts with a C and your last name starts with a B, then you can only register uh, on, you know, Wednesday between 1202 and 1204. I mean, just once you allow the school district to start putting in these silly policies and regulations, they could draw them so narrowly as to take people's right away to run for office. And again, you know, Chuck Basie says he made the decision last minute. And the yeah. last minute decision was after the time where he would have even been able to comply with their silly rules. And so, you know, as a citizen, you should be entitled to make your decision to run for office at four. Thirty-seven, and walk in the office and fill out the piece of paper.
0: And the only other thing I would add, and again, it's uh, Basie obviously has has critics. There's no doubt about that. But he also has supporters. We had a caller yesterday on the radio station that said he lives in Jeff City. He's going to donate to him. I've seen some news headlines that say Basie won the case. He did. No question about it. But more importantly for the reporters out there listening, I think the big piece from yesterday is Judge Jacobs in open court said CPS violated state statute. That is that that comes directly from what he said. He said it twice. And then true to form. Columbia Public School District. Did anybody read the
2: response from the mouthpiece for the schools? Today, the court reached a decision regarding candidate filing procedures for board elections when the legislature recently changed the statute, moved the closing date for candidate filings to a date that re- they didn't say. Hannah, did you read? What was your takeaway when you read this
1: thing? <laughs> uh, nowhere did they admit fault.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: And I think they would be given a lot more grace in this whole situation if they were just like, yeah, you know, you're right. We messed up. We're going to work to fix it for the future. Instead, they're just kind of being like, eh.
2: And this is what I'm guessing, State Senator Caleb and one of the things he and Dr. Yearwood, as people continue to push, he's got to go for the benefit of the community. Dr. Yearwood has to leave. And by, us aside, taxpayer dollars aside, kids, he's got to go. But I'm guessing this is one of the things State Senator Caleb Rowden and Dr. Yearwood talked about the other day. It's communications like this. It's that smug. Yeah. It's, there's just no ownership no ownership at all and again we go back to that progressive mindset you can look at progressives whether they're elected office holders whether they're heads of school districts and that mindset it's somebody else's fault like the like the the lawyer in court yesterday the what statute are we violating well the one the very one that we've been here dealing with this thing for a month now that's the statute we're talking about Ms. attorney my goodness 874-9390. 874-9390. Check base. He's going to be joining us. Uh, 710, what was it like for him yesterday? And the other thing, Columbia Public School District is saying, we, main, we remained consistent with current procedures for all candidates rather than change them for certain individuals. I would bet a week's worth of producer Hannah's salary. Come on. If it were somebody other than an intelligent conservative...
1: They would have made an exception and opened the board office and let them run.
2: I'll bet you a million dollars, man. I'll bet you a million dollars because the Columbia Public School District, their reputation precedes them, and they are consistent. That's the one thing they did get accurate in this email. They are consistent, consistently poor with communications to the detriment of kids, to you, the taxpayers, uh, and ultimately to the mid-Missouri community. As a whole. By the way, did you, so there's a response from the Cincinnati mayor. Travis Kelsey after he called him a jabroni. By the way, we did not use that a word on the on the show enough yesterday. Has
1: someone printed that on a T-shirt yet? Jabroni. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there are lots of T-shirts floating around. Good. Uh,
2: the mayor of Cincinnati has responded to Travis Kelsey in front of millions of fans on TV, calling him a jabroni for talking trash about the Chiefs and Arrowhead Stadium and all that. Uh, plus, Mark Olford made an interesting speech <laughs> in the House floor yesterday. One of our local reps. Some of the things we are covering for you this morning here on wake up mid-missouri 93.9 the eagle and 1045 news radio 950 kwos getting ready for our daily dc rundown we're taking you to washington dc what's up this morning this is wake up mid-missouri with brandon Rathart. yet the biden administration has lagged behind attempting to keep things shut down under the guise of covid all right that's getting us into today's daily dc rundown Uh, so i heard this first story that steph's gonna do i'm like what well, we're still there? I had no idea. And that's why we do the Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell.
1: We've been saying the emergency is over for a while. Biden's been extending both the national emergency declaration and the public health emergency declaration. And now he's saying, I'm going to end it, but not yet. I need it to extend through May 11th so we can have transitions and all of this stuff. The House Republicans have been saying, no, we're bringing resolutions to the floor to end them immediately. Biden says that would be Dangerous. Either way, Hannah, I don't know. Now that all sides agree that there's no health emergency, I'm nervous for your student debt relief because that was all on the basis of an emergency, and it's tied up in court still. Have you gotten any of those middle of the night emails lately? (laughs) I haven't heard anything for a long time, which is also concerning. So I
2: wonder if they're saying, okay, emergency's over. Which again, I'm stunned. I, I didn't know we were still in the, and I probably should know these things, but. Whatever. Um I, I I wonder, is it over? Because now, you know what? Uh, we've got doctors saying, yeah, the, these vaccinations really do nothing for younger kids. We've got doctors on CNN saying, you know what? We really overreported the COVID deaths because we were sending people that died with COVID, not because of COVID. Uh, are they ending the emergency? Because now they're saying you know what, we're just going to dole out vaccines just like we do the flu? Is is that why, I wonder?
1: Well, and it's also going to call into uh, question some Republican policies as well. If you recall, some of these border policies are based on the declaration and on the basis of emergencies and that's policies that Republicans are in favor of. So now that Republicans are saying you know, the emergency's over, let's end it. How they continue to justify some of these other policies will be interesting to watch in coming weeks. Those policies are also uh, tied up in court. Um, also happening in Congress, beyond uh, Uh, The Swifties and Live Nation being in last week, uh, Twitter employees are going to be uh, expected to be uh, testifying um, next week uh, before the House Oversight Committee. We know this. Um, We knew when Republicans came in, they were going to ask questions about Hunter Biden, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, They're going to bring in uh, these former, because there's a lot of former Twitter employees out there. Um, Most of them were fired, uh, but they're going to bring in three former executives about, uh, you know, the Hunter Biden story. Uh, We'll have the former chief. Chief Legal Officer, the former Deputy General Counsel, and the former Head of Safety and Integrity. Of course, uh, former CEO Jack Dorsey, when asked about uh, the Hunter Biden story, said, yeah, it was not, the company's communications were not great. Uh, and blocking the article with zero context was unacceptable. Now they will have to answer more questions. And I'm
2: excited for these kinds of hearings because I, make, I think there'll be more. That What else were you blocking? We know the Hunter Biden story. We know a lot of other things. We've known, as a matter of fact... Uh, uh Mr. Bailey, our Attorney General in Missouri, he's detailed this very well on his Twitter account. This really collusion between these big tech companies and political opponents that think differently than we do. I'm anxious to see what else comes out in this stuff
1: and despite what we've heard about the showdown as far as spending and the debt ceiling, the Treasury Department said on Monday that it plans to increase borrowing during the first quarter due to low income tax receipts and low cash on hand, uh, they plan to borrow nine hundred and thirty two billion with a B. Uh, during the first quarter, that's $353 billion more than they had were projecting to borrow. So, very fun.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathart.
1: I'm Becky Arps, and I am so excited that you get to experience a bit of the thoughts I hear every single day. Enjoy.
2: Chris, 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 Chris. Chris Arps from the website chrisarps.com. C-H-R-I- See you Newsmax TV all the time. Does a lot. Joining us on the show, Chris Arps, welcome in, bud. How are you? Thank you. You know, I've been meaning to ask you this.
3: You know, since we started the Chris, Chris, Chris kind of opening for me, and uh, you do your, your intro of me, but then that person does Chris, Chris, Chris real loud, and you have to delay your intro to me. Does that mess you up? Does that bother you? Uh,
2: so what's messing serious. me up is your question. I don't understand it, Chris. <laughs> 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 that's what's messing me up, Hannah. Is, well, like when is,
3: you're when you're like introducing me yeah. and you're saying something, and then that oh. voice go, Chris, 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 and then you have to stop because you can't really talk
2: over it. it all. Uh, no, I'm is that. That's how gifted I am, Chris.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
2: uh, Welcome to the show, Bud. How are you? Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I'm uh, doing great. How's everybody
3: doing there today?
2: Uh, we are doing. Uh, we are doing well. John Marsh, Stephanie Bell, huh. producer. Hannah Brian Howlsworth is here. State uh, former state rep Chuck Basie, who won his uh, judge saying yesterday. I saw uh, that. Yeah, Columbia Public School District broke the law relating to Chuck Basie's candidacy for a school board. See, you've been following that story, Chris.
3: Well, no, actually, I saw the I saw a headline. Uh, this morning on Facebook. Somebody just clipped it. I thought this was dealing with, honestly, the, uh, the transgender school issue. I didn't know it was a separate... You know, I don't live in Columbia, so can you enlighten me a little bit on that?
2: That's a whole other issue. Uh, Former state rep, Chuck uh, Basie, decided he was going to run for school board in December. And uh, Columbia Public School District, um, they decided they would keep him off the ballot. And everybody with any amount of intelligence, I'm shocked, frankly, at CPS's attorney yesterday in the courtroom. Well, what law did we break? Uh, Because everybody (laughs) from the get-go is saying you can't have a local electioneering body with laws that you usurp that of the state laws it seemed even to the point that stephanie says i just don't think this is interesting at all because it is that cut and dried and according to the account of brian houseworth who was in that courtroom yesterday mm-hmm. he's like yeah the judge was he said seemed almost uh uh frustrated so chuck basie he wins well, the case now the next thing is to actually physically get him onto the ballot
3: Okay, I have one more question, and then we can move on. So what was the rationale the school board was using to keep him off the ballot?
1: They just said they implemented a policy, uh, and they applied it equally to everybody. And essentially, you had to get an appointment like a week before filing closed, and then their office was closed on the day that he wanted to file, and so. Um.
2: So the the way the deadline, the filing deadline is trying to be uh, uh, unsuccessfully being, in effect, implemented by CPS. Well, so we know what the state laws are, but we are Columbia Public School District. We are going to make our own rules, and it had to do with timing X number of... Tuesdays prior to the municipal election, and and a, a judge in a courtroom, the court of law said, "Yes, they said, yeah, no, you can't do that, man. What are you, what are you thinking?"
3: Okay, one more question. Wow, I know you're supposed to be questioning me. So was this was this a new rule implemented just for him?
2: <laughs> no. So they're saying it was something that had been uh, had been in place. Now we've got a response from the school district after the judge said yesterday CPS broke the law. Uh, we got a letter that has no acknowledgement of, hey, we messed up. Uh, but they are saying the district is pleased that this issue appears to be on the legislative agenda for this uh, for this session. <laughs> Again, one of the things I always compliment the Columbia Public School District on is they are consistent uh, with their idiocy in, in what they do. Uh, and, and here's the thing, you know, we laugh, Chris, but uh, mm-hmm. the superintendent, they're... You know, they brought negative national news coverage, again, the Columbia Public School District did, to all of mid-Missouri. They brought national news coverage, negative news coverage to all of Missouri. We had to rely on a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs to call a mayor of Cincinnati a jabroni to get anything positive <laughs> <laughs> for us. So, that's, uh, it's just they're consistent with the poor communication. Judge saying yesterday, right. they broke the law. All right, I'm going with- All
3: right, I'm going
2: to show my ignorance here. Um, What is a jabroni? I heard that, yes. What is that? So we looked, we went, uh, we (laughs) GTS this. We went all official uh, after (laughs) Travis Kelsey called the Cincinnati mayor a jabroni for basically taking (laughs) digs at us. Official meaning of jabroni?
1: A foolish or contemptible person.
3: Ah, so he got intellectual with his... uh, (laughs) It's his criticism there. I thought it was something derogatory. I was like, can you say what it is on the air? So he went intellectual on it. an idiot. I, you know, they say football players are stupid and dumb, but he, he went intellectual because I'd never heard of that word before.
2: You get points for using the word jabroni. He'll be one of our, Travis Kelsey, he'll be one of our winners of the week. 835. Do I have to spell it correctly? <laughs> uh, is it G-A-B-R-O-N-I? <laughs> no. No?
1: It starts with a J. J. Jay, for sure, no, Jay. First coined by
2: The
0: Rock in the WWE ring.
1: Really? It's a WWE term. That whole s- that <laughs> ex- it's a quote. That whole quote, shut your mouth, the whole so, thing. I knew
2: that, but I thought jabroni was a word prior to WWE. Uh-huh.
1: Made popular.
2: Made popular. By The Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will admit, I was not a big, I am not and have
3: never been a big WWE fan. I feel like the only male on the planet that's not. But I, I just, no. Uh-huh. I, it, it was just too. Hollywood, just too scripted for me. Weird. Give it's me rest. Give me rest and you can relate to this brand and give me wrestling at the chase any day. Yeah, some straight up old <laughs> local wrestling at the chase on
2: Sunday mornings on KPLR <laughs> channel eleven. Rufus R. Jones. Oh yeah. All right. yeah welcome to the, uh, the show. So the wrestling and uh, the, the, the the disaster that is the Columbia Public School District. And by the way, I feel bad for the teachers and parents and students and there um people say you know get your kids out of public schools especially columbia public schools you know move do homeschooling uh there are some other options matter of fact one of the things we're going to be talking about today legislation in jefferson city regarding school choice that might offer some uh, some help to parents let me ask you this chris Arps, chris sure. you see him all the time on newsmax tv also has his own show now in st louis in uh, in the afternoons uh, what's been your take on the whole uh, Tyree Nichols police beating video? I thought it was interesting. More people charged yesterday. Now they're charging EMTs for not rendering uh, rendering aid to Tyree uh, Nichols. I think there's a bunch of different things um, that are going on there. A couple of mm-hmm. big takeaways from where you sit.
3: Well, just like everyone that's seen the video, it was horrific. It was inhumane. Uh, no one deserves to be beat like that. You know, one of the controversies that often happens when there is a police uh, encounter like this is you'll have those on the right uh, will say that even though this person was beat and, and all of this illegal stuff happened, you know, if they would have just complied then maybe the beating or the situation may not have happened. And I've seen that over the weekend and these last couple of days, people uh, talking about Tyree Nichols. um, He didn't comply, that he wasn't putting his hands uh, behind his back as the officers uh, wanted him to do. You know, if you look at that video, they say that he was given 71 commands. A lot of them were uh, contradictory. You know, you remember one part of the video where they tell him to get on the ground and he's already on the ground. So he's confused, he's he's hurt, you know. I I am with the argument with a lot of these folks, and they say, you know, if these folks would have complied, then maybe the situation would have happened. But I look at this situation with Tyree Nichols, and I'm like, you know what, the way they were beating him, and he really didn't seem like he did anything wrong, that if he would have put his hands behind his back and would allow allowed himself to be handcuffed, then he would have had no way to defend himself at all, and they would have... You know, they, they did, but they would have beat him probably to death right there on the street. So I think the reason why he wasn't putting his hands behind his back is he felt he didn't do anything wrong. And if I am completely prone like this and not being able to defend myself, these officers are going to kill me.
2: Uh, interesting take. Christopher Arps this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, because here's, here's what I wonder, especially with this whole, uh, what was it, a Scorpion task force? Uh, it was a, a, like a, a special dedicated team to going after some of the really hard stuff in Memphis. Yeah. People talked about the confidence with which the officers uh, beat that guy. Like maybe this was a regular occurrence and maybe they had a reputation and this kid knew about the reputation <laughs> of this Scorpion task force um, uh, team. And that's, and I'm wondering if these officers, because they had to have known that this is going to be on video, whether it's thrown body cams, yeah. whether it's surveillance footage to think that this is going to be okay because our higher ups are going to get our back. That's what I think. And this is what I don't understand and what I start to maybe take issue with. I don't know. I wasn't there that night. All no. I see, all I know is what everybody else knows, what they saw on the TV. But now they're charging some EMT workers for not rendering aid. I almost yeah. wonder, listen, we just saw five cops beat the living crap out of somebody, literally beat the guy to death. And we want to try to go in and give aid? What are those cops going to do to us? That's I, th- I think it's a fair question, uh at the very least, to ask. Regarding
3: that. You know, in the latest rumors, I don't know how true it is. Of course, this is internet rumors. You know, a lot of people are saying, how in the world could these officers just beat this guy like this? Did they know him prior? Was there some type of prior meetings with this guy? And like I said, this is just a rumor, it hasn't been confirmed or anything. But there is talk that uh, Tyree Nichols may have been dating one of the cops' ex wife and that, that there are rumors, these are all rumors, have not been confirmed, is that this cop was taking pictures of, of Tyree Nichols after the beating and sent those pictures to his ex-wife.
2: Interesting. So
3: I don't know how true that is. That's just what, you know, that's on the, uh, the the rumor mill on the Internet right now.
2: Today in Jeff City, I'm guessing this is coming up again, policing, but policing in the city of St. Louis lawmakers in Jap City. They want to do kind of what we've done in Kansas City, and that is, hey, you can't handle your business when it comes to policing. We're going to take over your police department. This is always kind of an odd one for me. I always believe in local control, except when it's as bad as what we're seeing in places in St. Louis. Want to get some of Chris's thoughts? Chris Arps, chrisarps.com. Want to get his take on that. Coming up five minutes from now, here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri.
0: Chris, Chris. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri
2: with Brandon Rathard. And I would encourage Mark Alford and Eric Burleson to get there and sit on that aisle like I, I, I did. Former Congressman Billy Long on the show yesterday. By the way, he's going to come in, I think, one day next week and uh, guest co-host here on the show, making the drive from Springfield coming. He's going to try to take Stephanie's place. Impo- awesome. Impossible task, but uh, Billy Long uh come in and co-host one day next week here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon, rather, joined by Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Producer Hannah. Good morning. Brian Howsworth. Hi uh, John Marsh is here too. My name is Brendan Rather Chris Arps yep. joining us on the show this morning hey. chrisarps.com before uh, we go forward, before yes. we go forward, i've got to do this. Okay. Don't be
3: silly. Vote for Billy. Don't go wrong. Vote for Long. I just had to get that out.
1: I was hoping that he was going to drop some new one-liners <laughs> on us yesterday now that the campaign is over. Hopefully he has some new ones for us next week.
3: He
2: probably will, especially if he's guest hosting. are we're, we're to be very lively. because He comes on, we get kicked off of social medias, we get into Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> All kinds of cool things happen whenever Billy Long comes on to you. Uh, uh, I love me some Billy Long.
3: I, I will admit that here. The yeah, Love Billy Long.
2: He's a cool cat. All right, joining us on the show, uh, Chris Arps, ChrisArps.com. dot uh, com. I'm talking about uh, St. Louis uh, cops and Marsh. And I were talking about this, so Marsh. You had kind of an interesting uh, question that you wanted to ask Chris Arps. Yeah, Chris, uh, Post Dispatch uh-huh. reporting, city of St. Louis going to pay five million bucks to settle claims to the the crowd who was arrested during the 2017. Uh, Protests over that police officer who was acquitted for shooting a man there.
0: Boy, 58,000 plus a person. Your take on that?
3: (laughs) You know, it was very interesting you asked that because yesterday on my show we had uh, former St. Louis County uh, Police Chief Tim Fitch on, and I asked him about that uh, question about quote unquote kettling. And he told me until that term was used back then, he had never even heard of that term before kettling That was not a a police term. And look, if you are out during a situation where there is rioting and burning and looting and the police are outmanned and the best uh, uh, vehicle that they have to, to try to restore order is to have all the people that are in this particular area Uh, cordon them off so that they're all arrested, and we'll figure out later who was doing nefarious things and who wasn't. I don't have a problem with that, personally. But, you know, it's the city of St. Louis. I'm sure they found a a favorable uh, jury, and uh, these folks are $58,000 richer today.
2: Our guest, Chris Arps, chrisarps.com. The other thing happening, and I'm guessing uh, today right here in mid-Missouri. Lawmakers in Jeff City talking about legislation that would allow the state to take uh, take over control and effect of the St. Louis Police Department, much like we do over Kansas City's Police Department. I get torn about things like this, I believe, in local control. Uh, but when it's this bad, uh, you gotta do something. Where do you fall on this, Chris?
3: I'm confused about this, because you remember for years people were talking about St. Louis needs to have uh, control of its police department. This is an old rule from the Civil War where the state uh, controlled the police departments of Kansas City and St. Louis, we need to have control back. Local government is best. We have that for a few years, and then we see crime is out of control. You know, I asked uh, former Chief uh, Fitch about this as well. He, thought, he said that the city leaders thought this was going to be a panacea with them being uh, in control, but since they do control the police, there's so much infighting and politics involved in it that the uh, city has gotten worse when it it comes to, uh, police control, uh, police and uh, police and crime. So look, things are so bad here. And if giving police control back to the state helps curb some of it, then I'm for it.
2: Uh, Scott Fawn, you know, Scott Fawn hosts the TV show this That's week in Missouri politics, airs every Sunday, uh, on KMOS locally, airs on ABC affiliate in St. Louis and in Kansas City. He also has uh, Missouri Times. But he asked me uh, one time we were talking about some of the work that former Attorney General Eric Schmidt had did in going after a local school district here. Uh, Guess, incidentally, which school district it was. (laughs) Uh, It was Columbia Public School District anyhow. uh, But he got me. He's like, well, but local, local control. And you want Columbia Public Schools to have local control, but it got so bad Where you had to have people on a state level like Eric Schmidt coming in and say, no, man, you got to you got to do something different here. So I think it's always an interesting challenge when you talk about state trying to take over some of these local things uh, like because here's my thing.
0: I don't live in St. Louis. Uh, I've got relatives that.